If you stop to think about it, gates are everywhere. The Gateway Arch, the gate to the west in St. Louis, even heaven has gates. There is something profound about entering in and passing through. You might even say it's crossing over. Paul Bunyan wrote about his wicket gates in Pilgrim's Progress. It was the point of transition for Christian, the main character, his crossover from death to life. Discovered in the 1930s, the massive Ishtar Gate in ancient Babylon represented the final step before entering the city. Elders would sit in the gate in ancient Israel, supervising and counseling citizens. Jesus himself entered Jerusalem through the Golden Gate, Gates aren't just about entering a city. They represent change, newness, opportunity. Is it any surprise the earliest Christian church was called the way? Crossing through the gate to Christ is passing from death to life. It's a resurrection, an Easter celebration. Every time someone passes through and finds Christ, have you? Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And this is our first day in a series called The Journey to the Cross. Last week, a major gateway in our world was closed, one of the world's largest container ships, the Ever Given, as long as the Empire State Building is tall, was stuck, causing a roadblock through the Suez Canal. The cost was high, billions in trade being lost every day that World Shipping Gate was closed. Hundreds of ships paused to make the call, waiting for who knows how long, Or should they take the long way around off the tip of South Africa, where pirates are known to prowl? A few hundred miles from where the Colossus Ever Given was grounded, there is another gate that is bricked shut. It's the ancient gate that Jesus passed through on Palm Sunday on his way to the cross a few days later. We'll look at this historical day leading to Golgotha and the empty tomb in the next few minutes. But before we go through the gate of that story, I'm curious if you remember how Paul told the Corinthian church that over 500 people saw Jesus at a single time after his resurrection. And though we don't have many details about the 40 days our Lord spent on earth after the resurrection, we do know he was busy encouraging his followers and preparing them for their ministry to come. So with that in mind, I want to share with you one of the greatest movies in recent history about the resurrection. It's called Risen. This feature-length movie shows the events of Christ's resurrection from a unique angle, a Roman soldier who was skeptical but trying to find the truth. Is it a ransom? Do not seek me. Do not follow or wander. Persecute no one on my behalf. I have seen two things which cannot reconcile. A man dead without question. And that same man alive again. I pursue him, the Nazarene, to ferret the truth. Clavius, Aquila, Valerius, Niger. It's his seal, sir. How could he follow that Hebrew? Perhaps it's true. It's sort of a new take on the New Testament story of the resurrection. 
but we wanted to do something completely different, so it's sort of the resurrection story told as a detective story. It's a Roman telling of the, of the crucifixion and the resurrection story, and, and, and really, you know, Christ's final days told through the eyes of agnostic Romans. I'd also describe it as the greatest murder mystery ever written. I, I loved it. Like, the aspect of, of a crime thriller in terms of Christianity was genius for me. It's showing humanity at its weakest and at its finest. You know, from Clavius's opening scenes to his latter scenes with Lucius, you see that how much faith can change a man and how much love can change a man. That was a scene from the movie Risen, along with some of the filmmakers and actors talking about this unique story. This film is a work of creative historical fiction in the tradition of Ben-Hur. But just like that classic film, it ultimately points us to Jesus. It's a gritty, realistic film that portrays the harsh realities of the first century. But when you watch it, I know it'll remind you that Jesus truly did rise from the dead. I believe this is a worthy film that will be an encouragement to you. And that's why I'm excited to recommend and share Risen on DVD as my thanks for your support of Haven Ministries. You can make your gift after the program by calling us at 800-654-2836. That's 800-65-HAVEN. Or visit us at haventoday.org where you can watch some clips from the movie. Our website, once again, is haventoday.org. And a quick reminder, for your gift, we still have the Easter album you need to hear this year. Andrew Peterson's Resurrection Letters, Volume 1. But first, let's open with a song that's named after the same word they were shouting in Jerusalem when Jesus entered there one last time. Hosanna by Mercy Me. I see you. 
Today, my name is Charles Morris. We're starting a series this week, Easter week, called The Journey to the Cross. Thank you so much for joining me and mercy me with their song, Hosanna. Ancient cities in ancient times had gates. Most were installed as part of a fortress. The very first time I visited Jerusalem, I was overwhelmed by the massive walls and gates of the old city. Much has changed since the time of Jesus. Herod's temple was destroyed. The pool of Bethesda is empty of water today. But the walls and the gateways remain. And one gate caught my eye. It was the gate called Beautiful, or the Eastern Gate. But I prefer the name given by the monk Jerome, who made a translation mistake while turning the New Testament Greek into Latin. He called it the Golden Gate and many still call it that today. Leaving the Mount of Olives down through the Kidron Valley and up to the east side of Mount Moriah, this was the quickest way in the time of Christ to reach the Temple Mount. The second temple was where sacrifices were made, and God's people came to worship. At the very center was the Holy of Holies, where the Spirit of the living God dwelt. The Ark of the Covenant rested on a large stone, a foundation stone that faithful Jews still believe was the original rock from which Yahweh created the world. It's the rock where Abraham was about to sacrifice his son Isaac, save for the angel of the Lord staying his hand, holding the knife back, and then providing a sacrificial animal trapped in a nearby thicket. But before we share that day when Jesus paraded into the holy city for his final week, I should share something else I learned— my first time there on the Temple Mount. Back to 1541, and the Ottoman Sultan Suleiman. He was Muslim. He had heard the rumor that the Messiah would return again and enter the holy city by way of the Golden Gate. To prevent the Messiah's second coming, Suleiman, the Muslim, established a cemetery to stop his path to the gate 
and sealed the gate to be certain. So now today you can see the gate and the graveyard trying to stop the return of our Lord. This is the gate, the golden gate, that Jesus entered on that Palm Sunday from the east. One other mention. On that same hill below the Muslim cemetery and the eastern gate, there are thousands of other graves. Having read of the Messiah coming in Ezekiel 44, they were buried facing that very gate with the hope that they would be the first resurrected upon the Messiah's return. Now, turn back the clock with me 2,000 years, well before 1541, well before the founding of Islam. Jesus had raised Lazarus from the dead near Jerusalem, a picture of what would happen to him in a few days to come. He had said in Bethany, the home village of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, I am the resurrection and the life. Just before Palm Sunday, he and his disciples returned to Bethany for what was a final meal with their friends. Not knowing he was about to die, Mary anointed her Lord with a costly spice worth a year's wages, something you did for the dead. These pages of Scripture are dripping with prophetic fulfillment, symbolism, pictures of what was to come. All four Gospels pick up the significant story of what we call Palm Sunday. Let me share from the Mark account, Mark 11. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples, saying, Go to the village ahead of you. Just as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, Why are you doing this? Say, The Lord needs it, and we'll send it back here shortly. They went and found a colt outside in the street, tied at a doorway. As they untied it, some people standing there asked, What are you doing, untying that colt? They answered as Jesus had told them to answer, and the people let them go. When they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it, he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, while others spread branches they had cut in the fields. Pause with me. Jesus on the donkey, the same as written by King David and kings before him, riding his royalty into the holy city, passing through the golden gate. Verse 9. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, really belting out in pilgrimage song, words coming directly from Psalm 118, Hosanna! a declarative slogan literally meaning save, pray. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David, meaning the promised second eternal King David had arrived. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Save, pray to the highest heavens. The Messiah had finally come. God's Messiah had entered Jerusalem by way of the Golden Gate as the people sang his praise. Jesus had already told them before in John 10, I am the gate, one of the famous seven I am's contained in John's gospel. The Messiah was the way of righteousness, the only way to make us righteous and find favor with God. This was a special moment on the way to the cross. How many were there? 
as Jews were already arriving for one of the three great feasts of Judaism, the Passover. Modern scholars say the Temple Square was so large, as any observer still today can see, it could hold over a million people. The ancient Jewish scholar Josephus says there were more than a million there that day when Jesus came riding in to set his people free. Salvation had come in the flesh, riding on a donkey. And only days later, most of his own people would reject him. But by his death and then his resurrection, the kingdom of God would be opened. The gate would not be closed to all peoples from all nations. The final week had begun through the Golden Gate. But let me share one more story of a Jerusalem gate. And this other gate has significance for the Lamb of God who was slain to cover all sins of all time, to claim his flock. Josephus tells us that hundreds of thousands of sheep were led into the city at Passover, sacrificial lambs, by way of the sheep gate, a gate that one can still pass through, leading to the Via Dolorosa, the way of suffering, the way of the cross that Jesus walked. Many have speculated that after his arrest in the Garden of Gethsemane, after his torture in the basement of the chief priest's house, Jesus was led down and around the outside wall of the city to Pilate and Herod and trial, entering back into the holy city by way of the sheep gate, the same gate through which all those tens of thousands of sheep had entered but would no longer be required. The Lamb of God had come, the one who takes away the sin of the world. Thank you. 
given today. And the journey to the cross. Andrew Peterson with Behold the Lamb of God. The world may doubt or even dispute the truth of the resurrection, but our Savior lives. And the recent film Risen powerfully portrays this truth and is one of the best faith-building movies I've come across in a long time. The story is historical fiction in the tradition of Ben-Hur, but it tells a heart-touching story built around the biblical text from the angle of someone on the outside, a Roman soldier who is searching for the truth regarding the resurrection. I served the Roman Empire. I fought wars against those who did not believe in our gods. But nothing could prepare me for the truth that is now risen. He was very special. They're fanatics. What was his name? He was called Yeshua. The man's dead. His followers are in hiding. He's been a threat. Take control out there and finish things. The tomb is sealed. Guarded with your life. If this body vanishes, we have a potential messiah. Where has he gone? You tell me. You will track down the corpse of Yeshua. He's right here. Open your heart and see. I don't know what to believe anymore. Risen star Joseph Fiennes as a Roman soldier who was searching for the body of Christ. Little did he know that its investigation would change his life forever. This film will capture your imagination and encourage your own walk with Christ. Would you make contact with us right now? Would you make a gift to Haven Ministries and ask for a copy of this DVD movie, Risen? Our number to call is 800-654-2836. That's 800-65-HAVEN. Or visit us at our website, haventoday.org, where you can watch an excerpt from the movie. And our website, once again, is haventoday.org. And we just heard a song from Andrew Peterson reminding me to remind you that we still have his Resurrection Letters 1 CD for your gift to the ministry. It's the best Easter album I've heard in a very long time. And the wonderful thing is, you'll want to listen to it all year round. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow when again we get to share together the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Sorrow is one of the most powerful emotions we can feel. It tempts us to believe that God has abandoned us, but that's not true. Jesus' prayer life proves that to us. He offered up prayers with loud cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. 
Christ wasn't spared the pain of sorrow. He felt anguish when he saw people suffering from illness. He cried out when friends died. He wept over Jerusalem, but he brought it all to his Father in prayer. In your sorrows, don't think that God is not with you. He's with you through Jesus, the man of sorrows, and he teaches us to lift those sorrows to him in reverent prayer. Spend more time with Jesus with Anchor Devotional. Visit getanchor.com.